vodka straight. And by the way, food was excellent, brother. You're the guy that got caught in that avalanche, right? Yeah, I'm the one. Like black men don't have enough ways to get killed without climbing up some stupid ass mountain in the middle of God's nowhere. Need to leave that to the white folks, brother. Welcome to another Afro War recording, podcast recording. My name is Lynn. I'm here with my girl, Aseva. Aseva, yes. And we are back. Hopefully, y'all missed us because we missed talking to y'all. And Aseva, I miss you. It feels like I haven't talked to you in like 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to get on here and say, I haven't talked to you since. Christmas since the last time we did our recording for um the killing of second second deer, but we talk to each other all the time. So we do. And when I don't talk to you for like three days, I'm like separation anxiety. Where you at, girl? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I know. So we are back here. We're going to be doing a movie commentary on the Black Phone, Scott Derrickson's new movie. Well, not so new. It's been out for about two months or so. Mm, yeah. Again. So we're going to be doing um, the Black Phone, and we're going to be doing as part of our Change Our Mind series, uh, which is able, do you want to let people know what that is about? Uh, yeah, uh, well, you can do it, but basically it's, it's exactly what it has sounds, it's Change Our Minds. We usually take movies that we have um, opposing opinions to the popular opinion, and then we try to look at things from the perspective of other people that either liked it or did not like it mm-hmm. um and see where they're coming from as we watch and see if we can if it will change how we feel about the movie so perfect well put so with with the black phone i know we have a lot of thoughts uh we've talked a little bit about it but i'm excited to watch this with you see if our perspective changes because i know when i was watching it i'm i putting it up to maybe it was my environment that kind of ruined it but I feel like given what we discussed I was a little bit more focused <laughs> so maybe it's not that so we'll we'll see how we feel about it I'm excited to talk to this about you with with you and as always it's always a good time it's always a good vibe with you Sable. it is it is I'm super excited to talk to you about it too so I mean and I think Black Phone is probably the best um movie to talk about at this time we're like you know for people that have kids like myself Mm -hmm. back to school so uh it's kind of give you that give you that vibe of like you know uh kind of a kid movie if you will as far as like back to school and stuff like that so I'm excited to talk about it I'm not excited to actually watch it again (laughs) um (laughs) but I am excited to talk to you about it to, to you about it yeah um but we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I just, I am really, it just, and we'll get into it, but just really just that did not do much for me. So um, I am there. Well, I'm glad if it's going to be anybody else, I'm glad that it's with you. Uh, so we'll go ahead and press play. I'll do a countdown in three, two, one, play.
So are you a big Scott Derrickson fan? Not particularly, but I mean, it's it's okay. He he did um he did sinister, right? Yeah. So I'm a yeah. fan of sinister. I mean, I like sinister. Uh, it wasn't something that kind of took me over the top, but I really enjoyed sinister. So I'm not yeah. gonna lie about that. But I really did enjoy that. I felt like. I mean, this would be one of the things we talk about in the movie. I, I felt like after listening to some other people's perspectives, I think Ashley brought up the fact that it was given the sinister vibes, but not really given the actual delivery of what sinister did. So, um, but yeah, I mean, okay. He doesn't make me a fan of him after watching this movie, though. That's <laughs> not doesn't do a lot so yeah so I would say similar um I'm a casual fan of Scott Derrickson um I really enjoyed Sinister I actually went out to the movies and I saw that with my friends when it came out I enjoyed myself um I know me and you talked about how with me was like a lot of horror movies I the lasting effect is not like one of terror a lot of the time I kind of watch and then I can kind of put it off but a lot of their rare horror movies that kind of stick with me after that terrify me so I would say Sinister was one that had a lasting impression on me I did really enjoy it um, and that's kind of what brought Scott Derrickson you know to my attention and why I was very excited for him doing Doctor Strange when he did the first Doctor Strange movie so I would say I'm a casual fan in that way um I won't say that I'm not a fan of anymore after the black phone but I would say I will you know I'll wait for the movies to come out on streaming <laughs> and see how I feel from there. I didn't I didn't particularly hate the black phone in any type of way. It's just I'm good. You know? Yeah. I didn't feel anything about it. And I like you said, I didn't really hate it, but I didn't love it. I didn't feel any I didn't feel compelled to feel any way about it, which yeah made me not like it. So I mean I wasn't it didn't draw me any way other than this was this movie kind of left me it left me feeling empty I think I told you it was a whole bunch of it's a whole bunch it was a whole bunch going on and a whole bunch of nothing all of the yeah. I agree and I know we talked about because I was like I was trying to find a way to put what I was feeling into words and I couldn't but I was like there's something missing I know I'm not crazy but there feels like there's just something missing like all of the there's a lot of interesting components that are there but I don't think they came together as well as I would have liked towards the end I can understand why people really enjoyed it um but for me I was kind of like there's some missing there I, I'm feeling the aesthetic I'm down with the aesthetic um I I like the way that it's shot for the most part but I was just kind of missing something. I don't know if it was like that extra level of terror where I should feel terrified, but I'm kind of just like, aside from that one jump scare, which we'll see, I didn't really, I wasn't really terrified, even with the concept. I don't know. Isn't it, and it wasn't a factor of being terrified for me because I can't, I mean, as you know, like, you know, we both, well, we both know we're both like psychological or like fanatic so mm -hmm. um and in that aspect we 
it's not a lot of psychological hordes. It's just like terrifying. Like a lot of them are just like mentally, um, I would call uh, well, like mentally scary. Um, <laughs> that makes you have to think deeply about certain things and there's different aspects and kind of layers of different nuances and stuff like that. Um, and for me, I think, that this movie tried to kind of do those things and tried to have like parallels, tried to be, tried to say something, but in the end, it just didn't say anything, which yeah. was, I mean, it just didn't say anything. Like it had a whole bunch of random, like random ass, like parallels, which, okay, but that's, that's, it's not, it doesn't do anything if it doesn't mean anything to the viewer. So, I mean, I, I was having a hard time connecting to some of the parallels because I, 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 I got the parallels. I just didn't really, it just, like, it didn't, it didn't come do. together. Yeah, well, the storyline wasn't developed enough. didn't really care so let's, you have a couple um reviews right yeah. you have a couple <laughs> reviews of <laughs> you have a couple I, reviews of the uh of what people thought about from that letter 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 box because i think mm -hmm. when when after i had watched this so i watched this the other day i know you went to the theater to watch it um yes. i'm happy because at first i was upset because i was like dang I wanted to go see Black Phone. You know, it was hype. It was so hype. And everybody was hyping it up, especially on our little group. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to see the Black Phone. And I, you know, the trailer, I thought the trailer was interesting. Even the trailer, I didn't really think it was like over the top. I didn't think it was like, I didn't want to like actually go watch it. Like um, uh, Malignant, another movie that I did not like. Um, like another movie I didn't like I actually on the trailer I wanted to go see it with Black Phone I didn't feel that way I felt like oh okay well I, I'll go see it if I you know or I'll just wait till it comes out and I'll go see it then um but I saw it the other day on Peacock at home um and I think when I had text in the group text because mm -hmm. once I got done with it, I was like just sitting here trying to like take it all in trying to figure out like what I felt about it and there was absolutely nothing and I think I text and you was like oh another kindred spirit that does not like I, felt, I was like I, I was searching I was searching for somebody with similar thoughts I was like is there anybody out there in this group chat because I feel like I don't want to be a hater so you just kind of want to like keep back like no I thought it was I thought it was okay I thought it was good um and you just kind of keep on moving but as soon as I saw you be like what did y'all think about Black Phone? I'm like, I know this girl didn't like it. I have found my person. <laughs> but I just want to uh, let everybody know where we're at right now. We've just, we've been introduced to the characters of Finney and Gwen, and we get to see the dynamic that they have with their father, um, in which it's a abusive relationship uh, as to, you know, what we're seeing here. And we've also met the character of Robin and kind of getting to view um, how his character works the you know uh, in terms of his dynamic with Robin and Gwen as well so that's where we're currently at in the movie 
but like back to what we said in the group chat um i agree i was like who a kindred spirit i love this for me i could be a hater now um <laughs> and have somebody back me up to know that i'm not crazy uh, but you had mentioned some of the reviews i'll read a, a little snippet of the one that i first sent you which i felt like really um encapsulated what i both of us felt uh, in terms of you know black phone being like a spectacular showcase of a movie that's missing every single opportunity that it's set up and it doesn't have any set of mechanical rules whatsoever and it's just coasting on the premise or the promise of it being about something or subverting anything but that bottoms out entirely once it's over and in the end it's just nothing beyond a few scattered concepts and i agree with that and i sent that to you i was like a save i think this is what i've been trying to say and really have a way to put what I was feeling into words, but this is it. There's something missing. It feels like there's a lot of interesting pieces there, but in the end, I'm just kind of like, you know, you know when you're like underwhelmed and overwhelmed? I was a little whelmed and underwhelmed. <laughs> a whole bunch of, I, just like I said, it's a whole bunch, it's a lot going on, but a whole bunch of nothing going on too. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, on your on the text when you sent it to me, I was like laughing emoji saying, I was like, this is perfectly said. You said, I felt like I was crazy feeling like this because everyone else was saying I was wrong. And I was like, no, this shit was as empty as a crackhead's pocket on payday because <laughs> it was. It didn't have no, it was, and I was trying to like, like have hope for it. I mean, I wanted it to be so anytime I, I so anytime I have like this um because the movie has a buildup like kind of like it right like yes. it, gives, it puts you in that mindset of you got these kids they got to overcome this um this big like this monster or the supernatural entity or whatever to come together as a team blah 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 so it gives you that kind of feel to it but it's it, but it never delivers in that. So all the, I mean, the you meet a couple of the kids that you know are abducted, right? And then you find out that you know uh, that they are killed, and then they are actually trying to help Finny. That's the name of the character, uh, the boy, trying to help him escape from the sadistic killer that has a, that's abducting kids and stuff and it just i mean maybe and i'm trying to think of a way that maybe it could have and i'm sure it's ways that it could have been better it just never ever got there um mm. at all so i mean it just never got there at all so i just i mean but there are let, we, we read a bad review i'm gonna read one of the um comments in the group chat that uh, our apple horror group chat of somebody that actually liked it and give the reasons why they liked it and let's see like let's talk about it and kind of break it down because i just i mean i wanted to really understand when i asked because i didn't want to you know kind of skew i didn't want to like skew anybody's opinion because of how yeah. i felt about it i just yeah. really wanted to understand like if you liked it why did you like it? Like, what was the things that kind of stood out? Because maybe I missed those things. And I was trying to really identify those things that I had actually missed in the movie. So give me a second and I will um, 
uh, let you know, I mean, we in the classroom right now uh, where his sister is um, being questioned about her premonitions. And it is just a really, uh, this is real time, y'all. I'm going through this thing real time. <laughs> well, while you're going through that, I will say that um, prior to us being in this classroom scene is that scene in the bathroom, which, you know, Finn, uh, Finny is being bullied and Robin comes in and he's like, if you fuck with Finn, I fuck with you. So I will say I did really like the relationship with between Finney and Robin. Um, Cause usually in a lot of movies, a character like Robin would be one of the people who are, you know, aiding and bullying Finn. So I liked that he had, um, aside from his sister, cause I, I actually really do enjoy the character of Gwen. Aside from his sister, he had another person looking out for his well-being as well at school. So I did really enjoy that um, dynamic between Finney and Robin. How did you feel about it? Uh, I did like the, I like the siblings' um, relationship. I thought that, <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, yeah, and and she had <laughs> a lot more. I mean, she was it. She had she kind of carried it for for she me. Did. If yes. I was to pick like one thing that actually carried the movie for me, it was her acting, um, you know, her acting abilities for the movie. But um okay. So let's see. Um so Michelle, which is mm -hmm. one of our Apple, I just picked some random people. Um, she said it was a new concept. The sister was amazing. The twist was also well done that I didn't expect it. And I was looking for it and still didn't see it coming. The cinematography and I thought was I thought was well done. The filter made me feel authentically in the time period. And the mm -hmm. supernatural was done in a way that didn't come off silly. And Ethan Hawks play Ethan Hawks played a pretty decent creeper. Okay, so let's talk about some of these things that she said. Because, I, I mean, again, we're trying to change our mind and opinion about this movie. So we need to look at the good parts and try to figure out, like, is this true? Does it have any, like, does it have any, like, good things about it? And, okay. So Michelle said this was a new concept. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's true. Um, only because... When I say, when I think new concept, um, I, maybe she's talking from the aspect of it's a phone that like that he's getting clues from mm -hmm. dead, the dead kids. But there's been movies done like that before where not particularly kids, but like adults have, um, uh, what's that movie with Lindsay Lohan? Uh, I Know Who Killed Me. It's mm -hmm. the same movie. It's it's the same concept where she's getting like she's getting hints from the dead, basically. Um, who else does it like that? Um, um, uh, the movie Gothica, mm -hmm. that, another movie that does the same type of concept, maybe a little different, but same type of thing where you're getting like 
you're getting things from the dead to kind of help you in present day figure things out, right? Um, so I don't know if it's a new concept, right? Like uh, maybe the black, the phone part, maybe, yeah, but I don't know if that's as new as a concept to make me feel like this is just some a new like type of core thing that they have. You, you see what I'm saying? So maybe it could be in, you know, I'll, I should probably ask her to, <laughs> in terms of clarifying and going to a message from five days ago, but um, it could be maybe the aspect of, because it's it's like a, a puzzle piece, right? Like every new phone call is a new, uh, different way to get out. Like these are the steps to follow. This is what work didn't work and then falling until he finally got out and Robin was his last call. Um, so it could be just kind of that aspect of like all these different victims coming together to help fight back. Um, but then I thought also most recent screen movie, it wasn't a victim's helping, but it was, um, it was the, what is his name? Nami, ooh, I look like a bad screen fan. But in the most recent screen movie, when she's fighting back, right? And her dad <laughs> is helping her fight. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm failing to remember the character's name. Don't tell Jeff. <laughs> it's right at the tip of my tongue, but I cannot think about it right now. Um, maybe it's that. I don't know. But I will say what I do actually agree with um, in terms of this movie, the lighting is, is pretty good and it does put you within this time period. So I do like that. It's much better lit than Sinister, which we... Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And and yeah, and the and I think he used a lot of the same techniques that he used in Sinister for this movie, um, which gives you that kind of remnants of Sinister. So if you're a Sinister fan, you kind of get the throwbacks of you know, kind of the 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 grainy, uh, old timey video camera like you know the recording because there's a couple of places here where they go back and they kind of like do the you know the video of the kids and you know you know so and that is done exactly like in sinister so um that does give you like kind of a link back which i think is kind of cool because it's the same director you can kind of like look and see and be like oh you know that you're using the same technique they use in this movie, which I think is always cool because it's like a signature, right? So I think that that's that's pretty neato. Um, okay, so I mean, maybe a new concept, maybe you know, maybe this. I mean, I guess it just depends on on how you look at it. I didn't think it was a new concept. I thought it was mm. something that had been done again, done over and over again, and so I, I've seen it multiple times. But I'm also like. Um, kind of, I mean, I, Michelle just has started kind of building her, like kind of her reps and watching horror movies. So I think that that has a lot to do with it too, because if, if you haven't seen a lot of movies, you don't have a lot to pull from on um, what is a new concept and what's not a new concept. So uh, I think that, yeah, I think that maybe it could be a new concept. For me, it just didn't, that just didn't do it for me because I, it wasn't a new concept for me. But I think that they tried to do something that was different. I I believe they tried to, especially with the um, with the um, and I think Donnell said this, and he liked the movie too. He said that he liked the way when the when the kids were calling on the phone, 
mm-hmm. you could see the dead kid, like see the kid talking like behind him, like, you know, I, I thought that was a pretty good um, kind of, uh, that was a good uh, uh, kind of add on to it because usually you, when you have people coming, speaking from the dead or from, you know, from the beyond the veil, um, they don't show you them, right? Um, unless it's like some type of, um, uh, unless it's supposed to be like kind of overly scary. And I don't think this was supposed to be overly scary. I think it was supposed to add to enhance the fact that he was getting these calls and these kids were dead, kind of to endear the viewer to the message that was being given to him. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I guess. So, yeah new concept I do think I a little more lenient on this movie than you are because I was like I think you have this feels like a liberating experience for you right now you've been waiting to get that out (laughs) I have I just it's I just was like "Eh, okay so let's move on to another let's move on to something else let's see Donnell said that Okay, he said it was the creep factor for me. It had very ominous vibes and made me feel uneasy throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a lot of jump scares, but it had so many scary moments. Also, the small details made a big difference. The dead kids talking behind him, which I just highlighted, but only being able to hear their voices through the phone added so much to the scenes. I agree with that. The movie also came up with it own lore for being dead for me personally it gave me a healthy fear that things may not end how I wanted it to I felt that the movie checked all the right boxes it also gave a complex character in the father and an unlikely hero that became my favorite character the sister the movie did so many things right and gave me very little to complain about so um, and for the most part, I kind of agree with what he's what he's saying about some of these things. I think that the father was a complex character, which I always like complex characters. That's the, it mirrors how we actually are. So I I, I always appreciate complex characters. Um, the sister was one of my favorite characters in the movie, right? So I thought that that was really good. Um, I um I didn't know I didn't think that the movie was creepy enough for me throughout the movie. It just wasn't it wasn't enough. Like I I thought once Ethan Hawke, I mean he's creepy. He's a good I think I thought he's a good abductor. He was a creepy abductor dude, but wasn't nothing scary about him. Like he was just creepy. I mean in the in the actual like in the actual summary of the movie, it called he called, they call him a sadistic killer. How how do we know that? That's and that is one of the my my main problems is I'm not I, I I guess the aspect that it is, you know, it's children and they're being, you know, abducted and, and killed is scary enough, especially like you mentioned your mother. It's you know, school is opening back up again and those are very real world fears, which I absolutely agree. But I felt like as a villain, he was so wasted. And I and I thought to myself, because usually I'm I'm more afraid of, you know, things that are based in reality, real world stuff. So 
I needed to maybe a little see a little something, right? What was it that Ashley says? Like, don't kill some kids, kill some kids. But you don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to. But I need to. I need to feel your um, presence. Aside from me being like an Ethan Hawke fangirl um, and feeling, you know, his presence as being like, oh, I've had a crush on you since I was a kid. I need to feel like you're an imposing, terrifying character. And I was never. I never felt terrified of him. So I, maybe that is what kept me from buying into the fear of him. And then it also kind of felt like everybody else within the town was also not fearful because everybody was business as usual, right? Like I will see a movie and I, you know, I'm a big fan of this movie. I know not a lot of people are within our group, Jaws, right? The townspeople are idiots. But I'm still fearful of, <laughs> we never see the shark up until, you know, towards like the end, but I'm fearful, right? It made me fearful of water. The townspeople are still idiots because they're like, oh, I'm not going to listen to it. But you still feel like what the thing that is terrifying you is something that can actually get you. I wasn't terrified of the villain. And I think um, if the fear is kind of predicated on me being terrified of the concept rather than the execution of it, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I wonder- No, I know I, exactly what you mean. <laughs> would I be fear, more fearful of him if the grabber was a supernatural force? Maybe. Maybe, you know? Maybe, but he's a man and he's not, he's a man and he's not, um, it, it, I mean, so I'm watching right now, you know, <laughs> just got off the band and we talked, we talked about this earlier <laughs> about <laughs> how Finney actually gets abducted. Now, okay. All these kids this. are going missing, right? All these people are missing. So you already know what the deal is. The detectives are asking psychics because they can't find the kids, right? Like they, yep. I mean, so, <laughs> He out walking, he like, oh, he run into this van. They got the black, the black balloons. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It it feels like to me, like his sister is has all this damn the You couldn't see something. You couldn't see something. I mean, she hadn't she already talked about these black balloons. I feel like she had already talked about these black balloons. He wasn't around. But I feel like in the kind of the common, like, oh, we sister and brother, we so, we love each other so much, we be around each other so much. Like, she would have bought this shit up. Like, hey, Penny, I had this green. I seen mm-hmm. these black balloons. Don't go fucking around with no black balloons. I mean, even if she had not seen to the point where he was going to get abducted, but she could have shared enough information. Mm-hmm. And it looked, it appeared when he went to the van that he was suspicious. But he just did not. But he just act kept looking. On. He was like, "Oh, yeah, what's he what? didn't act on it. If you don't run your ass the other way, like, uh, and then you scream. He sprays shit into your mouth, and you keep screaming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what <laughs> like, you get. Stuff. Yeah, the blue. Well, the, the blue. The blue abduction just it that that just killed me. I'm like, oh, okay. So and this I think is that's the that's. And I, maybe it was, you know, it's, there is some campiness to the film. Maybe that's to add to the campiness. But I'm like, are you I don't think they meant to, though. I don't think that was this meant to be funny. Sitting in broad daylight with some balloons? I don't think that was meant to Nobody be funny, Yelena. 
Nobody has seen this man filling up black balloons at Party City. What is going on? Where is he filling up these balloons? <laughs> maybe, maybe then he's filling up the balloons in his other house across the street with big keys in you. Okay, nobody's seeing an unusual purchases of a helium tank. Like, what is, what is going on? Uh, I, I mean, and, and he did, those are freshly filled up balloons. So you freshly know, filled balloons. Helium balloons, it depends. Like, if you keep them, once you keep them over time, they start to sink and stuff. So those were yeah. fresh. Those were yeah. fresh black balloons that he had already, like, filled up ready to go for another adoption. Like, you know, he, got, he got new black balloons every time. Because the sister had already talked about the black balloons, so he got new black balloons every time. He's and doing, you brought up a great point. Where is he? He's most where he the look? I need at, to know that. At Party City, at Spirit. Where is he? <laughs> What's the radius between the nearest Party City and his house? I feel like I can help the cops figure this out. Like... Come on, black balloons. Where you got black balloons from? A store. <laughs> like, let's yeah. And I think that's what frustrates me because somebody, um, somebody had said that if Gwen was the main character in this film, right, it was a child that was abducted, this movie will be over in five minutes. Because, and I think that's what, like, as the, you know, the grabber, I'm not, like, I feel like if this man tries to grab me, I'll smack him upside his head. I feel like I can fight back in some way. You know what I mean? And like, you can be, you can have a smaller stature and still be scary, but I need to see the elements of what makes, what, why are people fearing you? Why, why are you this sadistic killer? You know, aside from we've seen, you know, obviously we know you have victims and we see the dead kids with the the black phone, but I, I need to have a little bit of a deeper understanding as to why should I be afraid of you? You know what I mean? So I I don't need him to be physically imposing in any type of way, but I just needed to feel that that way I could be able to fully buy into it. And I'm about to mention my favorite horror movie. Well, to those to those who consider oh, Zodiac. You know I'm gonna mention Zodiac. I find I talk about Zodiac always. Well, I mean, I think that this I think that this is in the same family as Zodiac. Like it's supposed to be like in the same family, right? But you are horrified of Zodiac. Ain't I'm nobody horrified. scared of the grapple. I'm horrified of Zodiac, right? And it's the aspect, right? And it, it, Scott Derrickson is not David Fincher. Nobody can be David Fincher, okay? David Fincher is David Fincher for a reason. No offense to Scott Derrickson. <laughs> but the ability to build tension. I feel like if you are deciding, because I think they said they wrote this movie in like five weeks or something. I don't know yeah. if I made don't fact check me. Um, somebody said they should have taken an extra week. <laughs> but if you well, were looking for ways, where's to, the lie? If you were looking for ways to build tension, I always refer people to that basement scene in Zodiac. Right? There's no basements in California scene where the person that you're afraid of, you don't know if this person's the actual Zodiac killer. Right? It's an older man of a smaller stature. They're not imposing any type of way. If Jake Gyllenhaal wanted to take that man, maybe he could get some licks in, right? But you are terrified, absolutely terrified when this man takes you to the basement. And, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is like, there's no basements in California. You're terrified of what this person can do. I don't feel that way. I'm like, I could take him. I'm gonna pop some of your balloons. What you gonna do then, right? Like. <laughs> 
what are you going to do then? So it's just, I think that's what really kept me from buying in was I need to be able to believe in the villain that, you know, or, you know, this, it's not a creature, this real person, whatever you're, you're basing your, your movie around your source of terror, I needed to be able to buy into it. And I felt like that kept me from buying into it. And Ethan Hawke looked really good sitting in that chair. <laughs> Want to kidnap me? I volunteered to but like, we need him oh, more than just him sitting in the chair. We need a little tad bit more than him sitting in the chair. This was not, this was not Ethan Hawke doing a damn magazine cover. We wanted Ethan Hawke to be a sadistic killer that we were afraid of. But it just kind of, it did not happen. But I happened. I was like, okay. All right, I volunteer tribute today. Even his interactions with Finney is not, it doesn't, like I get it that he's like mm-hmm. playing cat and mouse with him, but it doesn't. It's not apparent, which doesn't make me afraid that anything is gonna happen. Like yeah. it doesn't make me afraid that anything is gonna happen. That so okay. So you have like in these other like movies that that start out that have like these sadistic killers in there. They show scenes where they are actually being sadistic and they're being terrorizing towards their victims Mm -hmm. and how scared their victims are you know you 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 come in that opening scene where the victim is tied up or something they're screaming they you know they've been starved they've been tortured Mm -hmm. they've been something and that incites the fear of the viewer because they like oh who is doing this to this person like <laughs> and you know and then you get to meet the actual killer or the sadistic person that's doing this stuff and now you're afraid because it's like especially if it's like an unlikely person that you didn't like kind of um yes. expect it to be because you're like wait a minute wait this okay this little old lady is doing this. Like, this is some scary shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but if you have, like, this one just didn't, we we start out and we see, you know, we know that he's a duck from kids, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what is happening to these kids, right? We have no idea how he is being sadistic. Not that we actually want to see the kids die for real, but you got to, but if you're going to give us some, if you're going to make a movie about a child abductor, you got to make it believable to the viewer that this man is to be feared and not like kind of the, you know, like something that's going to incite fear like in within you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just was very, I mean, very, very... <laughs> No bueno. Like Donald was about to his t-shirt saying certified haters or something. <laughs> I know. He's like, oh, y'all some haters. Is the truth? I that think the crazy. other yeah, yeah. Did you send you sent another um you sent another like letter box? Mm-hmm. I think today for me to read. And it, it, yeah, it covered, um, which I'll, I'll mention before I read it, uh, that the Black Phone is based on a short story by Joe Hill, right? And Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's my, space. my Stevie King. Your yeah. Stevie. <laughs> Stevie. <laughs> so it is based on a short story, uh, The Black Phone by Joe Hill. Um, and it is written by Scott Derrickson in terms of the movie itself. Screenplay is written by Scott Derrickson and his frequent writing partner, Robert Cargo. I think I said the Cargill. Um, I apologize if I said your name incorrectly. So that is, uh, he's, he wrote Sinister with him. Uh, I know Robert also wrote Sinister 2 and they wrote The Black Phone together. So that is, uh, just wanted to put that little tidbit out there before I read this review, which mentions a little bit of what we've touched on in terms of this movie being made of like three different premises where you have the kidnapping serial killer with different scary masks, which I will give it to them. I, whoever did the mask design, I really like it. I really like the mask design. I do too. I like the mask design too. Yeah. So it's the three different premises, the kidnapping serial killer with the different scary masks who plays scary games with his victims. Um, the kidnapped kid who gets the helpful calls on a supernatural phone from the ghost of the previous victims. And then the kidnapped kid's sister who's having psychic visions of him to help the police investigation. And two of those premises go absolutely nowhere. And then they take a bit of a dig at Scott Derrickson. They're like, Derrickson is just simply not a good enough filmmaker to elevate this beyond a collection of, dis, um, <laughs> of Stephen King scraps, right? Um, Ethan Hawke does his best with a completely nonsense character. I will forget everything about this movie in T minus three hours. So that's a, probably the most scathing review that we've seen that I kind of stumbled across. Um, which, yeah, <laughs> I, I can see why they felt that way. I agree um, in terms of like the, the psychic storyline with the sister, because it's, you know, it's, you find out while watching the movie that the mother also shared the same abilities. And yeah. I guess, you know, the use of those abilities is them helping her, spoiler alert, hopefully you've seen the movie before you are listening to this, um, yeah. find her brother in the end. So I guess that was the completion of that, but I wish they did more with that. But I just wanted to let everybody know where we are at right now. Um, Finney has already been abducted. The grabber has explained, you know, what he has to do um, in terms of, you know, the games that they're going to be playing. And right now Finney is held in this basement and the black phone is ringing. Okay. Yeah. So the black phone, the black phone's ringing. So, <laughs> so I wanted to ask you actually, um, because this, the emotional centerpiece of this movie is Finney and Gwen, um, and the usual um, kind of co compliment that I've seen passed around mostly about this movie has centered around Gwen's character. But I wanted to know, how did you feel about Finney? Um, um, and, and I don't want to... If people can see your face. <laughs> I know. Well, I, well, we talked about it. I hope that they can't see my face. But um, Finney... Finney was a, a vanilla character to me. Okay. He didn't, it didn't, I mean, 
Feeney was a bully kid, right? He was bullied. Um, and it, somehow he overcame that stigma of being bullied by beating the grabber. So, I mean, that's kind of a, like a kind of a, like unsung hero type, you know, deal. Mm-hmm. Like, cause after he, after he kills the grabber and he gets back to school, everybody's like, oh, that's Finny. You know, the one, the, the hip guy that, that escaped the grabber. It's like, not a yeah. Much. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just like, you know, okay, like, because at the end of the end shot is like him sitting down and they're like, oh, Finn, that's, that's Finny, that's the Finster. He uh actually, you know, defeated the grabber. He's like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I'm that, yeah, I'm that nigga. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, it does like, you know, this is, <laughs> but this is, by the time I got to the end, I had already decided that I didn't like the movie. So you have like, already, Jesus. I was looking at Finny sideways, like you went through this whole movie, and I still don't like it. So no, you're not that nigga. You're not the nigga, Finny. Like Jesus. you know, I'm just saying. Not you are not that guy. You're so. not that guy, Finny. You, you, it's not happening. So I don't know. Finney did wasn't a compelling character to me either. Okay. Not like his sister. I don't think we talked about this. You know, his sister was, um, and maybe it was just like, but this is the thing. He's the one that had to escape from the grabber. Yeah. So you would assume that he would be a little like his character would be more, and I'm not trying to like take digs at him as because he's a, a he's a child so i mean let me mm. give these kids some slack um you would assume that since his since his situation as far as the character that he's playing has so much to kind of overcome mm-hmm. physically um and mentally in the movie you would think that he would be a, a much more on the top of the fact that he's the main character like in the movie so that he have you know he would have a much more compelling um a performance he just wasn't it what it didn't happen it didn't it never happened for me with him um so and you know for whatever reason huh oh no i said i'm sorry go ahead yeah for whatever reason it just never happened for me with him um, was the disconnect a performance based or was it the writing because you, you mentioned you felt it was very compelling or was it a mix of both I think it was a mixture of both it was the writing and the acting to me um I felt like he tried but it's not a lot you can do so that's why I say it's like some of, some of these parts he probably could have gave us a little bit more but then mm-hmm. other parts, I I don't, I mean, because I think you mentioned where he, like, when he actually breaks out the house, uh, escapes. Mm-hmm. He's running down, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. This no. is not, it, This it's the movie. I'm just like, no. Um, <laughs> so he's running down the, the sidewalk mm-hmm. after he runs out the house. 
and he's not screaming he's not doing anything he's just hauling ass down the sidewalk i feel like in at that moment there could have but but then then again i'm i'm criticizing i don't know if the, the, i don't know if the director was wanting to I what he wanted to go for you know what I'm saying? So I'm criticizing. So I, I don't want to like kind of overly criticize. I have no idea what the direction of what the director wanted to get to yeah. go for. So maybe he didn't want him to screen until the last minute, until they got to the house in right in front of the house or whatever. Um, but I feel like that, that I feel like that was a missed opportunity though, because I feel like you could have like, some parts could have been a little bit more compelling, which would have endeared us to Finney a little bit more, right? I, I mean, for the people that just didn't connect with him like that, I'm sure I'm not the only one. So I can definitely, um, I can definitely see that. And we'll get, once we get to that point of the first initial escape, uh, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Um, because I, I was going to ask if you thought maybe these were intentional um, script and directing choices by uh, Scott Derrickson in terms of they want you to invest in this character but also be frustrated by some of the choices that they make which uh, you know happens in a lot of movies right it, it wouldn't be a horror movie if you're not frustrated by people who listen sure. to the show so I, I was wondering but I will give the benefit of the doubt that some of it was uh, intentional choices what I will say you know and you know not to take anything away from you know the, the kid actor in this movie I think he did a good job with what he had but you know who to ate in this role Jacob Tremblay ah Jacob Tremblay okay. yeah that kid I wonder what he's doing now but if you need to make a black phone too I need you to call up Jacob <laughs> But I think he would have been really good because he's no black phone too. <laughs> well, don't even, with the don't even I, speak it up. Don't even put it in the universe, Lynn. No, need to be not, no one needs to. No one needs a black phone too. We didn't need well, black phones, but we don't. Box, we certainly don't need black phones too. The box office numbers say otherwise because this was a box office hit. I don't um, think it was overhyped. Ashley said it was overhyped. I agree with her. It was overhyped. Hey, I'm with you there. I mean, we're, we would not be doing this if I wasn't with you, but I'm with you here. But in terms of um, box office wise, right? Uh, this was, was this Universal under Blumhouse? Yeah, I know Blumhouse, Blumhouse did it. And then, um, yeah, I think it was Universal under Blumhouse. Okay. It's, yeah, so it was, yeah, Blumhouse and then distributed by Universal. Yeah. So it grossed over $154 million on a budget of mm. about 16 to 18 million. So they got the return and then some. Yeah, no, I did. You, we, like, we have this conversation about Sinister, how I felt Sinister is a complete story, but they still came out with Sinister too. Don't be surprised if we get the Black Phone well, with those box office numbers, I, I mean, me being a business-minded person I am, those box office numbers, I, then I would definitely do a, a black phone too, but yeah. not based, I mean, 
was good. <laughs> I mean, just based on the box, but those box office numbers are based on people over the people uh going for the for being overhyped and the still, opinion, they still pay. They still pay. They themselves. still pay for it, but I'm saying to do another one, you might not get those same numbers. What were the? Do you know what the um opening weekend? Not opening weekend. What the ratings were like? What um ron tomato and here's the thing too okay i'm gonna ask you let's play a game which score do you think was higher the critic score or the audience score uh i think it was the uh critic score was higher yeah is that your final answer uh, it is that would be incorrect yeah it was the critic score right the critic score was actually lower than the audience score. Really? The critic score was 83%. Okay, still high. The audience score was 88%. Okay. I, mean, I told so you they, gave it, they both gave it a B. They loved it. They <laughs> the loved it. Yeah, I mean, they still loved it. 88 for a horror film on um, audience score-wise, Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good. And it has like a seven on IMDb. So for an audience score and Rotten Tomatoes for a horror film, folks are gonna probably pay to see it. And I, I understand, I can I know why people liked it. Cause you know when we talked about it in terms of us being, you know, the minority in, in the group rating, where you can understand the reasons why people liked it. Yes. I know I, I definitely understand why people liked it. Specifically people that are um I think so. You have the segment of people that really like movies that end on a high note, yes. even horror movies. And so, anytime a movie ends on a high note, they're going to get points. The movie is going to automatically get points for that. So, it makes them feel good at the end. So, they're going to give the movie points for that, even if they don't like the movie as a whole. Especially a horror movie, right? Because a horror movie isn't necessarily supposed to end on a good note. It's a yeah. horror movie, so it's not necessarily supposed to end on a good note. Um, but this ended on a good note, like a very good note. You got the kid, you got the the boy that you know he kills the killer at the end. The mm -hmm. sister, who is an unlikely hero, comes to save her brother. She breaks the case wide open. Um, haven't been able to find any of the other kids, but she ended up. Miraculously finding her brother, how sweet. Um, so are you <laughs> so shady? <laughs> You're like, I'm just saying, like, this whole movie, you being they've been asking you about your damn dream. You can put together not a damn thing. <laughs> That's because, and okay, well, maybe let's talk about that. Let's talk about Gwen's abilities. Do you come, feel come on, missing now? You now. <laughs> She is. It's a. It's a. It's a plot convenience, right? It's. It's a. It, it was. It was there for plot convenience sake. Um, so let's talk a little bit about her abilities. Do you feel like they were well explained, or no? So how did how did you feel about? That? I mean, the only thing we know about is her mama had those abilities. Her daddy was not having it. That's the, yeah. that's all we know. I don't know if he wasn't having it because some the reason the mom's gone is because 
she used her abilities and something happened to her, but yeah. it was never explained. So you don't know what the hell is going on with those abilities. It seems like it was so random in the movie. I'm just going to yeah. be honest with you. The fact that she has these, that she can kind of have these premonitions and she has the gift of sight was yeah. random as hell. I'm not even going to lie. Like all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay. The sister can kind of, it's almost like, oh, well, we need to find a way where he's going to be able to like kind of escape. So as a fail safe, we need to have the sister be able to have the gift of sight so she can kind of, so she can um, assist the, the narrative. And I felt like it was just sloppy because it's like, where did the, what does this have to do with any damn thing? Like she hasn't even been like, yeah, it just it just was so sloppy to me. Yeah. And the dad, like, I'm wondering if it was also an intentional choice, but the dad, aside from like being abusive, was very creepy. I did not like his dynamics with his oh, children. Yeah. The dad, the dad, he's an alcoholic. He's super giving predator. <laughs> predator. Yeah, he's he got he got busy. he got his own bitches in the basement. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's you know, and I thought that's where there was a point where I actually thought they might go. That's where they were gonna go with that. That the reason why she's seeing things right was because she's close to what's happening, and it's actually her father. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't have minded either. That was that would have been, it would have gave the extra that we were missing. Yeah. It would have. Because I, I sat there in that movie theater, high as hell. Like, I figured this out. <laughs> like, I got this. I know what's gonna happen. No. And that I was like, okay, maybe that's not where we're going. All right, I'll still, I'll still, I don't need it to, you know, give me what I thought I was going to get. But I thought that that's where they were going because he just felt so like, and it, it just felt like in terms of the choices they were making um, and where folks are like, he's a complex character, I guess, but he's just giving me predator vibes. And I was uncomfortable with how he was interacting with his kids. <laughs> Beyond the abuse, I was just very uncomfortable. I, I, am I, am I the, the only one? No, you spot on. I mean, I wasn't uncomfortable, but again, another thing that was forced that I don't understand why it had to be, why the dad had to be like that. It was another point in the movie where it was like, or maybe just the storyline period. Maybe I shouldn't be blaming the director on this. Maybe I should be blaming Joe Hill. Just another point in the story that I didn't think the dad as an alcoholic needed to kind of, um, I didn't think that needed to be part of the like kind of storyline. He could have just been a cool dad. He could have just been a struggling dad that was a single father trying to raise the kids, right? He didn't have to be like a creepy, but he was this abusive father. We don't know why he was abusive though. You yeah. don't know what happened to the mom. We don't know why he's upset that the little girl got the powers. Yeah, We're not sure about any of this. Meanwhile, Finney is getting bullied at school. You know what I'm saying? His dad got an alcohol problem. 
Mm-hmm. He's upset because he, because you know, his little girl got the the sight and he don't mm-hmm. want to have it. Um, you know, the sister has the ability to see things. She don't know what to do with it. She don't even know how to control it and stuff. So it's like a lot of stuff going on that's just unnecessary to the plot, to the storyline. Other kind of things, a lot of things going on that aren't really kind of like jiving or related in any way. And can we talk about the killer's brother? Can we talk about him for a second? I was actually just going to bring him up. Can we talk about this nigga for a second? Brother, (laughs) He's being interviewed by the detectives and he is was he doing cocaine? Yeah. Yeah. He's a crackhead. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a little bit of a cokehead. Yeah. Um, so he's being interviewed by the uh, detectives. And he's like, I'm putting it all together. All right. He would be, minus the, you know, the drugs, he would be me. Because I'd be like, listen, Party City, Black Balloons, because y'all not doing shit, I will do it for you. Okay? Like, this, this, and this. So... I, it was at this particular moment where I was like, this is a house where they're being held. And obviously it pans when he's, you know, um, doing his bump where it's, I do like when they do that in terms of kind of camera action wise choice of having that kind of pan down and you see Finney in the basement. And I felt like maybe they should have held off on that reveal a little bit more yeah a bit too soon but then looking at the timestamp, we are about an hour in so maybe <laughs> i don't know you know um Girl. so how do you feel about the, the the character of the brother necessary unnecessary unnecessary <laughs> again because it's this is the reason why it's unnecessary okay He's putting together this whole thing, but you live in a house where your brother got kids in the basement. Mm-hmm. Like, is it not? Does this thing? Not for what's not clicking. <laughs> well, I don't know. To I, me, again, it was another point. Of, I was just like, okay, another additional thing in the movie that I felt like they. Like not in the movie. I'm not gonna say the movie. In the story, yeah. So like, I did not feel like it needed to be there. But I mean, and he didn't have a. What was his point? So let me just let me let, let's scale it back. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What was the brother's point of being there? What did he play? Did he help the boy escape? No, he came. No, I guess the whole aspect was supposed to be the shock value, right? Like the fake out of, oh my goodness, this unlikely character who is taking bumps every five seconds is going to, he's so close to discovering it and he has been um, dismissed by the detectives, but he's actually the closest one to figuring this out aside from, you know, Glenn with the gift of sight, but he's the closest one to figuring this out. Oh my God, he figured it out and he's gonna help get this boy out but i could smell that fake out from a mile away i'm like as soon as he figures this out he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna die yeah i yeah i got that but it's just what what was but that's what i'm saying i felt i felt like it was just supposed to be one of those like and like fake outs of 
oh, this might be an opportunity. Like another, where we have the first one where he almost escapes. Oh, we almost escaped. And then you okay. have this where he's almost rescued. I just okay. felt kind of hitting these beats of, okay, now you're really going to have to do it. You're obviously with the help of, you know, all your ghostly friends, but you're really going to have to fight your way out. Nobody's coming for you. It's not going to be that easy type of thing. So it just kind of felt like one of those, an added fake out to, I, he almost escaped twice. I'm not saying it was necessary, Asaba, because you, you, you have your arms folded right now looking at the movie, but I didn't say that it was a necessary storyline, but it felt like that is how I perceive how they were going with it. So we are currently, is this the first initial? This is not the first initial attempt, is it? Yeah, this is the first initial attempt. He followed the shit. And my thing is, as a killer, this nigga's not vigilant. Then a mother, he's not vigilant at all. Like he's falling asleep, he pop pop. Like he falling asleep by the door and shit. I'm like, nigga, you got a whole human downstairs, and you falling asleep at the door. Like pop pop, get up. Not to tell him to stay and watch. And it actually would have been even ter- more terrifying if his brother was new and was helping too. That that well, so that purpose 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 because he goes down there and okay yeah it's a fake out because he's not gonna help him escape or whatever i get it and he you know we kind of we i'm sure i've kind of felt like that too but i was like in the back of my mind i was like but what why else would he why else is he in this in the movie like why else is the brother in the movie if he's not gonna at least like at least get them to halfway getting out. Maybe you don't get them all the way out, but at least halfway. Um, or maybe go down there where you, you think that, you know, oh, the brother's gonna help him out and the brother be like, they be like, help me. And then he's like, nope, can't do that. Giving me get out. Where are the keys, Rose? You know I can't help with the keys. Nope. Can't where was do that? it? Okay, not gonna I, be able to do it. Not I don't wanna be able to able to do it I'm like oh I'm gonna act like you're not down here and I'm gonna let my brother do what he do right and maybe that is um the subversion that people felt maybe a new type of thing like kind of subverting some of the tropes but and this is you know hearkening back to when we did the horror 101 we talked a little bit about horror tropes do you feel like some of the choices that they made in subverting some of the tropes, do you think that actually did a disservice to the story um, that some horror tropes worked? Because obviously the you know bullied kid, abusive family, and then the trope of, you know, you think you're getting help, which they actually do. They do it in a different way. You think you're getting help, but the person who's actually helping you is, you know, the person who's also trying to murder you. I don't know. Do you think the, the fact that it was just like, this is actually what's happening did a disservice to the story in terms of subverting that specific part uh, yeah i do to a certain degree because as as horror fans you expect some of those programs right i know we talk about um we talk about like horror tropes and kind of mm-hmm. like sometimes they're problematic and stuff like that but i think sometimes in order to identify with the movie especially with it being a horror movie you gotta have some of those tropes 
Um, and I think that adds kind of the essence of horror to those to the movie is when you use those tropes appropriately. Now, mm -hmm. I think that like because like when we said we had talked about this earlier, where we was talking about we was talking about um um we was talking what were we talking about like the ending we were saying the ending could have been something else like, like mirrors where i was like oh my god mirrors or um mirrors with a little bit of actually no that might have been a bit too vague and maybe i would have been annoyed or 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 or, or, or uh, sinister or or sinister right that's yeah, another yeah. could have taken or inception where it's up to me yeah so and and i had like, do you think you would have felt differently about it if it would have ended like mirrors, um, where you thought that they was gonna get out, but then they actually didn't? Mm -hmm. And I think I said, I said no because I felt like, I mean, I felt like it would have been a little cliche, right? Um, and I think sometimes those horror tropes like create a little bit of a cliche moment, but I think sometimes those cliche moments are necessary. I think you have to kind of um you have to like kind of sprinkle some of those tropes in there to identify with it being a horror movie mm -hmm. you got to have the man that warns the people before like you got to have some of those aspects to be like oh this is a horror movie and to kind of get some kind of build up of suspense and stuff like that if you don't, then it does kind of leave in an in empty shell, if that makes sense. Um, and I think they did try to like not um, uh, use some of those tropes in this movie, which I can like I can apply their efforts for trying not trying to like steer away from like the common tropes um, and the cliches that actually happen in horror movies, but at the same time, we're so seeing all that stuff it when we don't see it we think something is missing so sometimes that's what's missing is the appropriate use of the horror tro tropes in those movies i agree with that I, I really actually do agree with that um so right where we are right now is the first uh initial escape attempt uh in which we have the grabbers and by the door uh shirtless with the not shirtless he has a flannel is that a flannel on or is it a jacket i can't really see it from this far he has his shirt open and he's sitting okay legs spread out wiggling my fantasy i don't know um by the door with a belt right that's a belt in his hand <laughs> i can't see anything and he's sleeping so you have the phone call uh, from one of the victims telling him you know, he's the door still unlocked. This is what you have to do to escape. There's a combination on the door. Now, I know for me, I actually did like the scene. I think I liked it up until the point where we discussed it and we'll get there once it happens. The uh, <laughs> illogical uh, kind of route of not screaming for help and making as much noise as possible. I think that's where it fell apart for me. But the suspense of him trying to open the combination lock and knowing the way I used to struggle in high school opening my locker, I felt that. <laughs> like, I felt that, okay? I can relate, that I can relate to. 
So I actually did, I did like um, the suspense of that scene. How about you? Yeah, I did too. This, this, is, a, this is a good, uh, I'm sorry, I was, I got caught up with looking at the movie. Oh, I mean, the movie appreciates it. <laughs> well, this is the first, I'm sorry, I muted myself. This is the first initial escape, right? So, I mean, this is the first initial this escape. This is what we were talking about where he was running. That hair looks so good on Ethan Hawk. I need him to bring it back. And I, and I wonder if the, if, if the numbers that didn't ran up in the box office was because of Ethan. I mean, he got, he didn't get my coin. He got the coin of whoever paid for me. But like, how does this happen? This is the part that does not make any time. And, of- I, and I think, I think it was multiple things. Okay, so the van is, yeah, he running. I mean, he's hollering. He time to like- Ain't nothing, the- ain't no screaming. I would've just ran next door, man. Run to the damn nearest now. The door, start banging, you start- banging every type of door you can you go to a house you bang you make noise so people know that it's police have an idea that whoever's in distress is still within the area right you have yeah. that idea whoever is in distress is within the area how and the way he's running you see that running he did mm-hmm. nobody can I see, see me but you can see me do it but step, knees where you at like accelerate you are nothing is going on here how did he catch up to you? And how do you end up getting bumped by the van? Run the other way. Stay away from areas where he'll have to get out of the van, right? Don't put yourself in a position where the van will block you out. And I did, and I know I'm getting frustrated now talking about it because when you mentioned it, I was like, all right, I'm gonna give a little grace because sometimes when you are in these particular situations, it's adrenaline is pumping. No, and that's true. You don't know what you're gonna be like. Yeah don't know what you're going to be like you don't know what choices you're going to make and maybe he needs to sit in some of our horror one-on-one talks okay he'll learn maybe <laughs> choices a lot make. of these folks need to sit through my horror one-on-one <laughs> talks one thing i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make some noise help me somebody everybody anybody help I'm me telling you but I, you know, I get it. I will give the benefit of the doubt. It is a high intensity situation. It's adrenaline. You get that first taste of freedom. You like, I'm almost out. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I thought with the amounts of, you know, he was being bothered and bullied at school, he would have learned how to run a little faster. I don't know. <laughs> what I said too, if for somebody that's getting bullied, like you would think that they had all the tricks. Of how to get in the way and running and stuff, but obviously, little Fanny was not in. I mean, bullies were always catching up to him, so maybe that's that's why they showed us him. That's probably why the little boy could run. <sighs> and that's just the part that frustrates me because I, I I like the build up. It's just I would have done with I think I would have done without that scene and just then had it be the brother because that scene actually just really frustrates me because it's like, there are some choices you could have made, but alas, it would not be a horror movie if I wasn't frustrated with some of the main characters or choices. So we have one of the victims um, who is um, one of the kids that bullied him too. 
So I thought that was uh, an interesting inclusion. I actually, I didn't, didn't mind that at all. So how are we feeling about where we're at right now? <laughs> Save up. Oh my God. <laughs> Still feeling quite empty. <laughs> Still the same. I have nothing, nothing has changed in me about it. Which is I'm, fair. I'm trying to give it a chance, but it just still is not it's not doing it for me. Not so, doing it for me. I need to go on Letterboxd and find I say we're about to make another profile, do like my hateration profile, so I could go, you know, give my reviews in peace. I'm about to do the same thing too, because every day somebody in the group chat is talking about how oh, I hate your reviews. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. That's just how I feel about, you know, some of the movies. I don't, there are some things we defer about and that's fine. That's completely fine. We welcome diversity of thought always. Oh, Jesus. So 7741 is a number he carves onto somebody's skin. I did like how this was shot. I, it does feel um what is the word i'm looking for like it puts you the the camera choices kind of makes you feel out of sorts you know when something is just kind of like dizzying and you're kind of um put in a situation where it feels like an out-of-body experience yeah. you know what i mean so i do like the way it's shot with her entering the car but like you said what is happening with these powers and why are they developing so slow, girl? You couldn't see none of this? <laughs> yeah, well, what? What's the point? Like, what, like some of this stuff that's happening, I, I just honestly don't know the point of it. That's what I'm really having a hard time. So I guess this was, to, like we said, um, Showing her this is the house, this is a tree, this is this. But the gift of sight is very convenient for her. I'm surprised you keep actually like this movie. I'm not. I can see why. Like I said, I understand the reasonings why every single person that we have talked to liked it or disliked it. I just fall more towards the other end of the spectrum, I guess. But I think, like I said, well, for some people in our group, the dog surviving was a, probably bumped it up a couple points. Um, the kid surviving is a little dog low. Survived. Yeah, that's what I say, the, the kid is a little lower than the dog surviving. <laughs> the kid and the dog surviving. So maybe, maybe it's that, but I can see like it's, I think sometimes people just kind of want to feel good movie where like, yeah, it's all bad, but in the end it's, I fight my way out and you can kind of position yourself in that, like, and see yourself in that particular scenario. I don't know, I don't know, but I can, I can see what it works. The person who I'd really like, there is somebody else, I'm not gonna say who it is, but I think you can kind of surmise who it is. There is someone else who, 
me and her, our reviews usually align a lot of the time. They gave it the same rating I did. Oh, okay. Okay. So that it that I'm usually aligned with that person too. So um, usually align. Maybe not all the time, but usually. What I found to be violent though, and I don't understand how it came to this because I was was it what I was talking about black the black phone? And then Donnell came up once again in the chat telling me my review suck and came from Moonlight. How did we, how did we get here? <laughs> so hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> what did Barry Jenkins do to you? Like <laughs> hurt people, hurt people. I was really hurt. I was like, oh my God. Now has his own jam of, of these type of genres. So I be when I put in the chat notice, I was like, anybody else got something to say other than Donnell? <laughs> I already know Donnell love, love movie. I already know what kind of movie. You know like, where you um, like, oh, I know why you love this movie. You didn't have to put your paragraph here. I already knew. I, already, I can kind of like line up with why you like the movie. I want to yeah. know why other people like me. That was, that was, it was so violent. I was like, now hold on now. This, this, it's giving a little anti-black. I'm, I'm hurting over here now. <laughs> Not and too can much. we talk about why is this movie, why is it moving so long? That is something I didn't want to mention. It could have been a tight 86 minutes. It could have been tight 86, 90, 90. I feel like some of it's a lot of parts they could just cut out of there. They could have saved some of their ducats for something else. Because yeah. it was a lot. I mean, this, I mean, where we at right now? We at the part. We got about where, 30 minutes left of the movie. Oh, Jesus. And I'm struggling. I'm struggling here for these 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Go make a work though. So I will, I will ask you then. Um, we've talked a lot about the things that didn't work for us so let's try to fit this into what could work or maybe if there is a sequel um changes you would like to see happen that would you know um entice you to maybe checking it out so what did work for you in this movie um i thought this i really enjoyed the cinematography but i'm also a sinister fan so um I thought that Scott, I mean, Scott Derrickson, Derrickson used the same blueprint as what he used in Sinister. And so that's what kind of endeared it to me. So, I mean, that was, I thought that was done well. I, and, okay, I thought the concept was a good concept. Mm -hmm. I felt like it could have been enhanced by a supernatural element or trying to uh or like allowing us to understand why we should be afraid of this man um mm -hmm. because i wasn't afraid of him and other than the fact that he was adopting kids the other thing is is that um i think that they could have leaned a little bit more into some of the tropes um, I really did enjoy the fact that they did do like the kid paralleling while they were talking on the phone. It gave the kids an opportunity to kind of 
be on screen more than they would have if it was just a voice. And I really appreciated that because it was just like something different. Um, and it wasn't meant to be scary. So it was like, like um, enhance what, what was actually going on in the because these these like I think like Donnell said it these scenes would have been even more boring if they didn't have the element of where the key, the dead kid was actually in the room with him while and like and and he wasn't interacting with him but the viewer could see him um no. if if that wasn't happening if it was just him talking on the phone and nothing else was going on it been a it would have been an even longer one uh, hour and what forty minutes? <laughs> yeah, an hour about an hour forty three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, it, and the mask design. I thought Ethan did a decent job of being creepy and kind of you know kind of being a creep creeper. Um, so yeah. I thought. There were a lot of good parts of the movie that I thought they could have, because like when I got done watching the movie, I didn't not like, I didn't just, I didn't hate it. I didn't not, I didn't come out being like, I just really don't like this movie. I just was like in the middle of the movie. I was like, this is bad. This is not a good movie. <laughs> and then when I, when I got to the end of the movie, I was like, um, okay. I don't feel any type of way about it. Like it's nothing about it that is endearing to me or making me be like okay Blumhouse okay Scott uh Derrickson all right y'all did the damn thing I'm just sitting there like I wasted an hour and 40 minutes of my life I can't ever get back Fair. I, I, <laughs> I felt like the hour and 40 minutes I felt like the the boy on the phone this was a really cool scene too I, uh the one where he's talking to the boy and they he's like uh directing him to like how to fight so I thought that was pretty good it, it was a good thing so i will say just because calling back to earlier when i completely forgot but what well, don't say completely forgot the name i was just had a bit of a brain brain fart but i was saying it was reminding me of billy and now i don't know the daughter's name from scream because i don't really care about her name but billy <laughs> teaching her randomly that was another scene which was kind of like what the hell teaching her or helping her be able to fight back i guess so i will say this is where i'm at with with the black phone um where i felt like it should have been a shorter movie yes but i also feel like there was not enough of a build-up to robin's final call and robin him showing him how to fight it felt like he learned it real quick And then we get to our climax. <laughs> so I felt like it should have been shorter and I feel like there should have been more of a buildup, which I know for some people, people can feel it's a contradicting statement. I don't know. No, that's that. not a contradicting statement. Uh, it means that they can cut. It means they can cut some of this bullshit in the movie. And to where they where they need to like in, to god right talking to jesus we didn't need that okay we don't need i didn't even like we didn't need to see her talking to god that was an extra minute or two that we could have got back and could repurpose <laughs> into something else okay 
the the whole thing where she went to uh where it slowed down where she was it, it, she was walking out the gas station or whatever with the cops or whatever that's another scene that we did we could have really got rid of the whole opening scene where he's playing baseball yes we could have shaved a lot off of that it could have been half that time because what was the was the point of that for him to meet the boy that yes. the, the friend well we didn't need to see the whole fucking game we just needed it what they were trying to do with that i actually don't mind the inclusion of that i think it's kind of giving a sense of normalcy within his life in the town right i i get it you know you know i don't gotta see the whole game i don't gotta see all nine innings i get it um which we didn't but it it i can see why it felt like that and why it was an unnecessary inclusion but i do like that it's added there just to give a sense of normalcy for him we meet the first victim and uh we get a just kind of sense of a little bit of, of Finney's character. Whether it was successful, I don't know. So now we've had it. Gwen um, was riding her bike. It's giving um, giving it vibes, right? With the yellow uh, raincoat. Yep. So it was definitely giving it. It was giving. Um, so well, okay. you see. All the parallels with the black balloon, the red balloon from it, the mask, the clown. It's a lot of parallels. It's like it's like John Hill was trying to like give like little simple homages to that, which I think is cool. So it's giving badass Gwen is a badass Georgie, I guess. Um yep. but it's you know, she's riding her bike once again. Why are kids still roaming around by themselves in this damn place? It's like a bad, it's like almost like, um, and because this was, this wasn't even a latch, was this a latchkey kid era? In the, was, which one? Was this era a latch, the latchkey kid era? Let me look, I'm going to look it up. Remember. I don't remember. But we are, um, while you're looking that up, we are currently, the brother has possibly figured it out he's like oh all roads point to the house that i'm currently in and he is attempting to open the door contemplating if he should open the door and go down and look in the basement now if this is my black ass i'm calling the police I'm saying hey i'm not going down that basement to find some shit that they try to put on me <laughs> like hello sir officer um something going on i'm a little scared to try and open it what's help me find out what's going on out there okay so yeah this was during so 1970s and 1980s those are latch i'm a latchkey i am i am so yeah. the latchkey kids uh because it describes the members of the generation x who according to a 2004 marketing study went through its all important formative years as one of the least parents, parents that least nurtured generations in U.S. history. So basically, because they was working all the time. And so this is given those type of vibes because the kids, the parents are just 
conveniently absent. They are not even, <laughs> they are not, but it's the same thing in, it's the same thing in any of the timepieces that deal with 1980s or 1970s. They're all like latchkey kids. They're all kids that the parents are just absent. So Stranger yeah. Things, it, all of those movies, all of those kind of shows like that, the mm-hmm. parents are just, just miraculously not involved yeah. at all. I need people to start raising their kids. Um, <laughs> Stranger Danger for a reason. Stranger Danger for a reason. Um, but so Max, the brother, has just been killed by the grabber um, because he came down and was like, oh my God, do you want to know how I found you? He wants to do story time with Max and does not hear his brother come down the stairs. And his brother kills him with an axe to the back of the head. R.I.P. Max. R.I.P. <laughs> what purpose did you serve? At, I said, nothing. No. Nothing. He did all this research to not do anything. I'm just saying. The fake out. The second fake out that we got. Uh, so now we have, you know, Gwen with some sense, okay? Lack of sense riding her bike, but some sense to call the police. And the police have arrived to 7741. I don't remember the name of the street, but they're at house number 7741. And you know what I actually thought was going to happen initially when Max came down the stairs? I thought that he was going to accidentally in his like shock and haste, <laughs> accidentally knock Max out. That's where I thought it was gonna go with that. Again, with him learning how to fight and then being like, him actually being up the person, accidentally being up the person that was supposed to help him. So I'm, I don't know if I'm glad or I'm happy they stayed away from what I was expecting there, um, but I just needed Max, I just wanted to understand why Max was doing story time. I know he's on, on cocaine, but. That was not the time, Max. That was not the time. So now we have Finney versus the grabber. Okay. Um, Finney set up all these traps. Oh, ouch. What was the point of the dog? Um. I guess it was giving wannabe Ramsey Bolton. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have my dog eat you, my hounds eat you. Because I, I just was not understanding what the hell. It was like another character. Don't let the group chat hear you say what was the purpose of the dog. I know. They're gonna, they gonna be like banned. Just- you banned from the group chat because you don't like dogs. And that's not true. I do like dogs. Dogs are not humans, though. Now he got like, all this energy, all this strength. I mean, sometimes when you gotta fight for your life, you gotta fight for life. But I, I, did they ever play any games like the scary games they were playing? I never felt like you were in like peril. I felt like you could. Yeah, chilled. no, I didn't feel like he was in peril either. Um, I felt he was more in peril when he was getting beat up by the bully, or when he was around his creepy ass dad, and that's why I was exactly. like, my dad. Exactly. <laughs> But I did, I, this was cute. I do, you know, I love it when um, 
folks who face any type of harm are able to get some sort of vengeance against yeah. those that harm on them. I do like that. So I don't mind the whole scene of all of them getting their licks in. Get your licks in. I love it. I love it. And this is what they like. This is what this is what kind of blew, blew it over the top, folks. This whole Perfect. scene right here where he kills the grabber and then he lets them hear him and the kids are like, yeah, motherfucker, we got your ass. That Ooh. type thing. That's why they like it. It, yeah. it don't have no substance. They ain't got to have no substance, but as long as they, the kids. <laughs> no, and I agree, but I think I would have also really liked this part because like I said, I, I'm always down to see somebody get there just too. But I wanted it to be a little bit more. I maybe needed a bit more of a chase, like a bit more of a thrill to get there. It just felt like it was over really quickly. Yeah, I agree. It was. It felt anticlimactic to me. So very, very, uh, very underwhelming at the end. Yeah, which was why I felt. I was like, maybe the end is not really the end. Maybe he's actually dead. You know, that's what I, th I thought we were going. Obviously, um, not saying that I expect all, you know, Scott Derrickson to do something similar to Sinister in this one. And maybe that's why he went this route, where it's like a simple ending, like he did get out and he escaped, uh, which is cool. But I think because the climax of it was so short um, and it wasn't, as thrilling as I was, uh, I would have hoped it would have been. I, it felt like this wasn't the actual ending and it was a fake out, another, a last fake out, I guess. Is that where you were at with it as well? Mm-hmm. I sure was. You were struggling so much. <laughs> I am. I don't even really, I, I'm like, damn, I actually watched this movie again. You did, but you watched with me, so it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, no, I love doing this with you, Lynn, so that, that does Thank make it all know. good. It's better. I will never watch this movie again in my life. <laughs> so let's say you ever meet Scott somewhere. You are walking down the street, girl, in LA or something, and you meet Scott on the street. What are you going to tell him? I say I love Sinister, not so much Black Phone. Like, I got some beef with you. What was going on? And I don't know if I should have the beef with him. Maybe I shouldn't have the beef with him. Maybe I should have the beef with Joe Hill. But I mean, he Scott Derrickson did the screenplay. It was Scott Derrickson and Robert Cargill who did the screenplay. I know and, he wrote it for the adaptation for the for yeah the, the, for the, the movie, short right? story. Have you yeah, read the short story? I, I have not, and I need to read. I you know what? Book, I'm going to read it. Book club. Book club. Yeah, book club. Okay. Yeah. Bring short story for the book club. Well, because <laughs> before before I have beef with Skit with Scott Derrickson, I need to actually read the short story. So yeah. then that way I can know what I'm supposed to be, you know, who I'm supposed to blame this. Because I know that like sometimes the adaptations are not what the authors, but then sometimes yeah. depends on how much scott derrickson captured in here from the short story and you know or maybe the reason i felt like something was missing was because it should have stayed a short story 
true. I mean, they and they they kind of feeling they don't need to be felt because it just yeah they 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 did it over yeah almost two hours and could have been like alter right maybe some a little Mm -hmm. longer or like um what's the the show we usually watch the horror show that's Uh, like some minutes an episode it's like different episodes not Tales from the Crypt. It's the one on Netflix. It's like um, oh, two minute, two minute words, two minute words thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should have been that. You know, Alter collab, Alter and Scott Derrickson collaboration. Could have been that. I agree. So, but we love to see somebody get out. Okay, we do like a bit of a. We like some angst. We like some, you know torture and oh my goodness and we love that we love a happy ending around here i think it's getting to that happy ending that we have the problem so now we are at the end of the movie okay there is police there's ambulances um they're talking about the grabber how he owns two homes and then now we have uh, Finney back at school. Okay, now he's the fenster. He's the man. Okay, he's the one who killed the grabber. Oh, we love that for him. Yeah. I hope he rides that fame um, to better results than Jupe Park from Nope. <laughs> yeah, he rides that traumatic experience for the rest of his life in a positive way. Um, and he's also getting lots and lots of therapy for what he endured. So we love that. We love that for Finny. Your sister's still I want to know about Gwen. I want to know what your powers. I want to know what the Powerball numbers are. Like, girl, let's do something. Let's make some money with this gift of sight. Let's make some money. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pause that. We have just finished watching The Black Phone. I'm not even going to be like, Sabo, how do you feel about the movie again? Because I feel like you told us <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I guess because we have to ask it. Did it change your mind? It did not. And I lost an hour and some change of my life. That <laughs> Other than being with you, this is the best. This That's the best aspect of this is that I got to discuss this with you and this kiki about it with you but it did not change my mind i tried to i've tried i tried to actually look at the at the different perspectives and i tried to like while i was watching the movie actually give it an actual the benefit of the doubt and trying to work through some of those things it just i couldn't do it it just didn't do it for me uh so in the end no it never didn't change my mind but on the flip side did it change your mind I still don't know. Okay, I know how I feel about it. And I think I should stop saying I don't know how I feel about something when I've spent two hours saying how I feel about something. (laughs) So I would say, no, it didn't change my mind because those problems are still there. Whatever Mm -hmm. initially is still there. Um, And whatever I didn't like is heightened by the ways where, and this is not to say, I'm not saying I'm, you know, probably would make the greatest choices or anything but choices that I think would have probably worked a little bit better and if they do make a sequel which likely so um kind of choices that they can be able to make where I 
would feel inclined to be like, okay, I'll check this out. And it just feels like a more fulfilling story. So I would say no. And I guess a shorter sense, it didn't change my mind. I still feel the way that I feel. I'm gonna watch it a third time in a different setting and see <laughs> if anything comes of that. Uh, Cause this was a bit more of a quiet setting. I told you the first time I watched it, it was in a theater that I will not go, be going back to because it was some foolishness and it's a mess. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm whelmed. I'm whelmed. Not under, not overwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but a whole bunch of nothing going on at the same time. Yes, I think so, that's yeah, it was It was not, yeah. It just still was not given, even on the second watch. And we tried to look at some of those different perspectives and mm -hmm. I would say even with trying to look at it from different perspectives and they still it still doesn't move you, that means it actually wasn't yeah. giving. But just want to do a shout out again to the actress that plays Gwen. I want to give her a personal shout out because I think she did a really great job. I believed her in terms of like the emotional beats. I think she yeah. really that well i wish i wish i wish there was more for ethan hawk to do like i i don't ever want to walk away from a movie and be like ethan hawk was okay yeah. and even like a matter of the way he played the character um that he was like you know bad but i just it felt like he was not his presence in the movie wasn't as wasn't there as much as i would have liked it to and i think maybe it would have worked more if he was a supernatural being um, so Madeline McGraw plays Gwen. Thought she did a great, great job. Kudos to her. Kudos to the actor that plays Finney as well, and all the other kid actors. Um, so I'm gonna give kudos and shout-outs to each of them. But I hope next time around, if the character of the grabber has managed to live, that they give Ethan a little bit more to do. Cause like I said, that scene in the kitchen, I'm like, oh, Zaddy. And I don't think I should be thinking that. <laughs> you was thinking daddy with his dad bod. I don't think I should be thinking that. Okay, that is Maya's daddy. I should not be feeling that way by this man. But I'm like, I can make the mask work. Um, let me not say I'm saying that publicly. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I don't want to be thinking that, you know, like scare me a little bit. I want you to be like, oh. I'm a little terrified by you. Like, that was a terrified. Somebody who scared me a little bit, but even though it scared me and I was kind of like, ooh, wow. Daniel Kaluuya and Widows. Uh, okay. That, hmm, that scary was like, oh, it's a little tingly. Wow. Okay. But I'm terrified. Scared me a little bit. Scared me. Okay. This one, I'm kind of like, I could take you, but you know, you look good. You look good. You look yeah. good. You look good. Yes, good. Day. You know what I mean? I love that. Love that for you, Ethan. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're pretty much where we're at. Uh, thank you once again, Asabo, for doing this with me. I'm glad if I'm going to waste two hours of my life. I got to waste it with I you. I know, with you. No, that's <laughs> this is that's the highlight, not yeah. the movie, but this is the highlight is to get to discuss and chat with you and just Absolutely. have a great time and this was wonderful 
What so what's the next movie we're gonna do? We're gonna try to do we were supposed to do fresh today. We're supposed to do fresh today, and we were like, you know what? Let's do the black phone because we got some thoughts, uh, some immediate thoughts, but we can definitely do fresh. Um, because that would be a fun one to do, a movie that we both enjoyed because we both watched it when it premiered at Sundance. Um, but the rest of our friends were kind of like, okay. <laughs> they did not, they so, wouldn't, they wouldn't feeling it. Which so now if we do fresh next, then that would be trying to figure out if it isn't all yes. that. If if it was not as good as we think think thinking it is. So and we already had some good conversations as to why we can see why people felt that right. way and ways they can improve. So we'll, you know, we'll do fresh next. You'll definitely hopefully be hearing from us pretty soon. Um, but before we go, Asabo, where can people find you? Um, so I am on Facebook um, as Asabo Green. Um, and then I am on um, Instagram as All Hail Queen Saba. Um, so you can find me either there or there. I have Twitter, but I don't check it that much. So if you want to drop me a note, you'll it'll have to be on Instagram or Facebook. Right. And link in my LinkedIn is a Saber G, I believe. So yeah. Perfect. Sounds good. You can find me on Instagram. I say you can request me. Um, you can request to follow me. I will see if I will accept it, but you can find me there <laughs> anyways at Aspiring Dreamer on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter as Aspiring Dreamer. Um, you can find us on Clubhouse. I will chill sometimes. Correct. I forgot about that. We do have rooms. I'm doing an American Horror Story room mm-hmm. every Sunday. Now that American Horror Stories is back on, and as soon as season eleven comes, I'll do a room on that. So, and I have a book club, but I've having I kind of fell off, so we'll have to get that back started. But I, I'm on, yeah, we're on Clubhouse a little bit, a little bit. All right, sounds good. And anything uh, people should look forward to from you? You have a couple of projects. I do have some projects, but like it is. I have not been able to write, so I got my book of short horror stories that I want to publish for Halloween. I don't think I'm going to make the deadline, so it'll probably be after Halloween that I'm going to publish the, the short stories, but that is underway, and then I'm writing a actual novel with one of my good friends, but it's not horror-related, it's like urban drama, but those are the two things that's mm-hmm. coming up, and my pen name is... Uh, um, uh, Abisa Miko so that's my pen name so and I've read a little bit of you know the book collaboration you're doing with your friend it's pretty good y'all it's pretty good try to do a little something now we'll see um in terms of projects I have coming up I'm excited to go to sleep Love Island is about to be on I'm excited for that doing nothing with my life currently um in terms of just enjoying it i'm just trying to enjoy the moment um and also just working getting back on my writing uh in terms of the short stories i write and all of that so i use aseba's motivation because the way aseba be out here getting the bag is a very motivating factor <laughs> for me being like maybe i should do the same thing then I don't. So, you know, when a saver does it, I may do it too. (laughs) 
Well, that gives me a little more push. <laughs> I need those pushes, so yeah. It will, will motivate me, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll get two sentences in, and then, I don't know, two months later, it will be like, I'm same sentence, girl. There's maybe a period after it. Who knows? So just look out for any of those. Like you said, you can, um, folks can find us on our socials, and we'll keep people updated from there. Make sure to follow Afro Horror on Instagram, on Clubhouse, on Twitter, and we hope to talk to all of you very, very soon. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hempel for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at at Afro Horror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.